0: You are listening to the Wealth Formula Podcast with Buck Joffrey. Get ready to change your life. Welcome everybody. This is Buck Joffrey with the Wealth Formula Podcast coming to you here from Santa Barbara, California in the middle of pandemic 2020. And boy, uh, the twilight zone just doesn't seem to end, does it? Yeah, it has been uh, sort of an ongoing thing. It seemed like for a while, it seemed like we were making some real progress, and all of a sudden, I don't know about you, but it just seems like we're kind of in limbo now. And, uh, man, I'll tell you, its uh, it has been a challenge. And notwithstanding, uh, my hair is so crazy right now. It's so long. And, uh, and you might be like me and feeling like you have to make some sort of statement about the situation and letting your hair grow out. Uh, And your beard grow out. So I've got like this incredible amount of beard growth right now. If you're watching me on YouTube, you can see that. And, you know, my beard is all white. Uh, It's kind of funny. But it's been that way since I was in my early 30s. So it's not really a sign of aging, I don't think. I mean, I am 46, so I am aging. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing that uh, you probably have your own thing right now. And I'm curious, shoot me an email, let me know what you're doing as sort of uh, an entertain yourself type of thing uh, during these days. Um, listen, before we get started, I do want to remind you that there is something called wealthformula.com. Wealthformula.com is the website uh, at which this podcast exists, right? It's home base. And there's lots of resources there, including uh, you know options for free stuff like free books from George Newberry, for example, who's our guest today. He has a book called Burn Zones, and uh, George isn't a cheapskate like me. I I just give you downloads, but if you fill out the form there on uh, WealthFormula.com, he'll send you a real uh, real book. Um, in addition to that, make sure that you uh, if you have not generally. Consider signing up for some of the things that we have on the site. Um, You know, obviously, just getting on the the list, the email list is a good idea uh, to, you know, get uh, access to potential uh, opportunities or additional information. Uh, If you are an accredited investor, make sure to sign up for Wealth Formula's Investor Club. Uh, this is an incredibly valuable thing for those of you who are looking to take this information that you're getting from here and from others, and actually trying to put it into action rather than being on the sidelines. Now that this is going to be really important in the next several months, as I think we're going to see some of the best buying opportunities uh, that we have seen in um, you know at least in ten years. So uh, check that out, wealthformula.com. And, um, and hopefully you can get more engaged with our community that way. So as for today's show, you know, it's uh, got George Newberry back on George uh, has been on several times. So you may know him if you're a listener, you also may know that I am a big fan of George Newberry. He's uh, not only a friend, but I, I really think he's one of the smartest entrepreneurs I know personally. Um, now George deals with, uh, notes. Uh, non-performing notes. So let's just, you know, let's for simplicity, let's just discuss what they are because I know there's new listeners all the time and you may not know what a note is. Well, it's just basically a mortgage, right? So you, when you take out a mortgage, you owe the lender money. Um, and when uh, when that lender owns that mortgage, he, he or she can then basically just sell it, right? You can sell that mortgage to another, uh, you know, another person, another, uh, you know, entity, whatever. And then that note becomes transferred to that person. Now notes can be performing or not performing. Obviously performing is means that it's just, you know, it's being paid on time all the time and non-performing there are notes that are having some kind of trouble paying, uh, or maybe they've had trouble in the past. So if you buy one of those, It becomes a little bit more complicated, right? Then, then you sort of get into these forks where you can, you know, you buy something where no one's paying the mortgage. Mortgage, you can do a few things. You could, you know, pay them and pay them a certain amount of money, and maybe they'll move out. Uh, You could potentially foreclose on a property and sell the asset, or in a best case scenario, negotiate a payment that uh, you know a person can afford a family can afford and let them stay in their home. And that last option, of course, is a win-win situation and is really the focus of George's uh, fund at AHP servicing. Bottom line is that in principle, this whole note business, it's really not that hard. And uh, if you've gone through the, you know, sequence of hundreds of episodes we've had now, you've heard me talking about this. I like this business. And in fact, Um, yeah, I liked it so much. I was like, you know what? I want to learn this business. And I, I flew out to Chicago and I tried to learn from, uh, George's team out there, but as often as the case, the devil is in the details. And I found out the hard way, uh, that when I tried to learn the note business myself, it was actually a pretty complicated and it's a new venture. Um, you know, it was something that I really wasn't willing to put in, the time, uh, to, to become an expert at, as it turns out, um, you know, this is not something in my opinion, I know some of you might do this, but it, it's something that's really hard to do as a part-time gig and make it, you know, worth its while, uh, at least not at the level that I found personally acceptable. Now, you know, my philosophy in general is that if it's not something that you can make, you know, you can scale up to a million dollars a year pretty quickly, um, it's just not really worth even starting right if so if you're working a lot and you're just taking up a lot of time, it's probably not worth doing it. Just invest with somebody else who knows what they're doing and and get rid of the curve uh, that's that's basically what I came up with uh when I you know when I tried to go down this road um you know the bottom line is I think that to do really well consistently uh in the note business requires, Volume, creativity, and a ton of experience. And as we sit here in the middle of a black swan public health and financial event, I got to say, I am just glad I realized my limitations and didn't complicate my life anymore because I would just, you know just add one more headache, right? One of the great lessons that I've learned um, with age, especially over the last, you know, 10, 12 years when I became, you know, I wasn't a hostage at a hospital, but was actually, you know, trying to navigate this world of entrepreneurship and investing is that often the best thing you can do is nothing at all. You know, when I was younger, I used to chase after shiny objects. I wasn't focused at all. And doing that, uh, you know, lost me a lot of money in certain circumstances. Maybe I learned a lot, uh, but it, you know, the problem with chasing shiny objects is that it becomes really difficult to become good at anything. Um, And if I have a bit of advice for anyone going down the entrepreneurial route um, for the first time, it is to really try to stay in your lane and focus because you can't be the best in the world at everything. And if you try, you won't be very good at anything at all. So as investors though, uh as particularly as passive investors, our most important skill set is often really to pick the best jockey, find the right, you know, person, the operator, et cetera. And um, you know, we may not be doing the heavy lifting in situations like that, but we need to know who will do it well on our behalf and also who's gonna keep us safe when times are, you know, tricky like they are right now. And this is a very different skill set than being an actual operator. They are completely different. So, you know, if you think you're good at one and you're going to become good at the other automatically because of that, I don't think that that's probably true. Now, when it comes to notes, there really is only one guy I trust. And that's the honest truth. His name is George Newberry. George is as smart as a whip. And, um, you know, he has a lot of scar tissue uh, from the past to help him navigate the current crisis, which I think is absolutely invaluable. Absolutely invaluable. I mean, you you can see right now who's terrified, who's kind of sitting there saying, I've seen this, you know, I've seen this happen, maybe not this happen, but seen something similar happen before, and here's how it typically works. George is that guy, and you can bring a lot of calm to a situation that seems um, so volatile. So on this week's Wealth Formula podcast, George and I uh, had a very, very good conversation not only about the note market, but residential real estate uh, in general. And if you're curious about, you know, what someone who lived through 2008, um, you know, has taken some beatings and come out, uh, you know, doing really well, uh, you will not want to miss today's interview, which we will do after these messages. What do the Rothschilds, the Romneys, and the billionaire hedge fund managers know that you don't about growing and protecting wealth? As you might imagine, the wealthy have a few tricks up their sleeves. One strategy allows you to grow wealth tax-free at a compounding rate with no volatility. It protects your money from creditors and lawsuits, and it lets you invest the same money in two different places at the same time. How about that for amplifying wealth? To learn more, go to WealthFormulaBanking.com. Again, that's WealthFormulaBanking.com. These guys know what the meaning of velocity of money is. If you're an accredited investor, make sure to check out what they're up to right now at ReliantFund4.com. Again, that's ReliantFund4.com. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Today, my guest on Wealth Formula Podcast. Well, gosh, he is is the guy who's been on the show more than anybody else. Uh, Longtime friend, great businessman, uh, George Newberry. He is the founder uh, and the CEO of AHP Servicing, which is a a company that has a, uh, well, it services uh, non-performing notes, but it also has a fund which many people have invested in. He is a longtime sponsor of this show as well. Uh, George, welcome back.
1: Thanks, Buck. Uh, thanks for having me back. Yeah. So I, I think I'm setting a record. Here. You,
0: oh, you're definitely <laughs> setting a record. You're you're on here more than anybody else. So that's that's great. That we always enjoy it. Um, so you know, as you know, uh, even though you've been on a bunch of times, uh, we have a constantly growing audience, right? We have. And you, you actually believe it or not? And I didn't tell you this back in the day, uh, but you know, you started advertising before anybody was listening. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you
1: took those checks?
0: <laughs> but I'll tell you what—I uh, think you know—it's—it's it's, uh, turned out to be pretty good, pretty good deal for you over time because now we have a—you know—we have a. A nice audience. I've uh, had a lot of people invest uh, with you, and and I'm you know very supportive of what you're doing. Um, and um, but what I wanted to do, knowing that uh, there's always new people on, is first and foremost we are educational, right? This, so we don't want to start talking about something when we don't have a context for it. Um, tell me about HP servicing. Uh, I mean, what? Let's start with a basic concept. Just quick review. What is a note? And what is a non-performing note? And what, in that context, what is AHP servicing doing?
1: Sure. So many in your audience probably have or have had a mortgage at some point, which is secured by, a, which is a security for a note. Uh, and so when you buy a home, oftentimes you're taking out a loan from a bank or somebody else like that, and you're signing a note and you're signing the mortgage. The note will be the document that includes all the terms. You know, I agree to pay 100000 back at you know, 7% interest in 30 years at this amount of monthly payment. And when those are not paid is, uh, creates a non-performing note. And that's what we specialize is when people are having trouble paying their mortgage, sometimes lenders will sell those to us or they will, uh, ask us to service those on their behalf. And, uh, so that's, and servicing is simply there's in almost all transactions, all mortgages, there's the investor who actually owns the mortgage, which could be some massive wall street, fund uh, could also be an individual and there's usually a servicer in the middle which actually collects the payments and in our case there's um, we're regulated by the different states. We've actually gotten licensed in every state of the Union except for New York. We've gotten a license in Puerto Rico and District Columbia so we can service loans almost everywhere in New York we're very close to getting that license and we just got California a few weeks ago which All is right. great those are the whole the term ones for were, were California and New York uh, the ones that took the longest. Uh so each of those state regulators uh regulates mortgage servicers in there who are servicing mortgages in their state, and uh that is the collection of these payments so we'll collect you know five hundred dollars from the homeowner we'll take out a fee, call it twenty five dollars or fifty dollars depending on the status of the loan, and they'll we'll afford on the difference to the uh um, to the investor and then if things like a foreclosure or bankruptcy. Or other types of challenges today, it would be forbearances. Any of those things are needed. Then the one that carries out that function typically is the mortgage servicer.
0: So when you have non, uh, you know, I'm going to try to simplify this a little bit more. So you have non, so you have somebody who is unable to pay a mortgage, and you have you know this distressed asset, and then the lender ends up selling it to you. You, as an investor, have a few different you know options. One is well, you could just go and you know, you could just foreclose on uh, the the person and then sell the asset. That's probably what you know the big banks and stuff are typically going to do. Another option, which you guys tend to focus on, is um, you know is is basically to renegotiate that mortgage, maybe forgive you know what's due in the past, and because you've bought at such a discount, you can therefore make a uh, make a profit by allowing somebody to stay in their home, but pay a lot less to do so. Um, am I missing any options there?
1: No, I think you got it. Uh, I mean, the other way is when the homeowner doesn't want the home anymore, has already already moved out. And in those cases, we'll typically uh, give them maybe a $1,000. They sign the property to us, and then we sell the home. Yeah.
0: So those are basically the three things. So around this, beyond the servicing business, I think what you guys uh, have been known, certainly to our uh, ecosystem, the the wealth formula ecosystem is, is a fund. And it's these, uh, these funds where essentially what you're trying to do is, you know, acquire substantial amounts of, um, these notes. Uh, and because you have a volume of them, uh, you're kind of playing the numbers a little bit, uh, that, you know, you're, you're going to be able to, you know, make, Uh, you know, make us makes a significant profit because you're buying at these so cheap and you're buying so many of them. Um, So in a nutshell, that's kind of, you know, that correct me if I'm wrong, but that is the idea behind, uh, you know, one, one of your AHP funds. Absolutely right. So now, given that context, and I just wanted to make sure that people understood so they weren't confused about the rest of this conversation. Let's talk about right now. Okay, people um, right now in the middle of this pandemic uh, craziness. I mean, literally, you know, we talk about unemployment right now for all intents and purposes. We've got probably about 90 percent unemployment. Right. I mean, it's it's not it's you can't even count it because everybody's required to stay home. So people who never missed a mortgage payment are going to do so. Uh, Because pretty much everyone is, like I said, is pretty much unemployed, right? And if we're starting um, with people who've had problems paying their mortgage before, the non-performers, as we'll call them, how is that affecting payments in your fund now?
1: Sure. So we definitely had people that were, were made their March payment and are unable to pay their April payment. And they're calling in saying that they want to do a forbearance, that they you know, especially on the news, everybody, the federally backed mortgages, they're offering, I think a two or four month forbearance routinely. And so we're, we're offering a two month forbearance to anybody who was up to date or not more than uh, 90 days behind uh, at the beginning of this month. And so then it's easy, cause it, uh, it's easy to make that determination cause that shows that they were making their payments and then all of a sudden their, their income is interrupted, you know, uh, due to this crisis. And hopefully, you know, two months go by, and a couple of things either they get back to work, they uh, they get stimulus money, and or you know their unemployment um, kicks in. Some people who are unemployed right now are having a tough time getting unemployment because it's uh, you know the system is so overwhelmed uh, with the quest. Uh, so we hope that will um, you know we hope for most it's a temporary situation, but the reality is you know they come back and hey the these uh, stay at home orders are lifted and they may not have any job to go back to. I mean, some of these, a lot of companies will not make, are not making it through. You've already seen some major bankruptcies and uh, and mass layoffs. And I think that we'll probably see more of those over the next few weeks until this, this turns. And I, what's, what's extraordinary about the situation is I think twofold. One is it happened so fast because two months ago for most people things life was fairly normal. <laughs> totally normal. <laughs> <laughs> totally normal. In the last right. five weeks it's just turned upside down for for every, almost everybody has been, I don't think any American or almost, you know, almost, uh, any, uh, any person on this, on this, uh, in this, on this globe, on this world has, uh, has not been impacted in one way or another. And, uh, so that, that's, you know, that, that massive shift, uh, is extraordinary. And, you know, some people forecast that it'll, it's all temporary. There's going to be a, the economy is going to snap back, you know, as soon as these orders are lifted and things get back to normal. But, I think that's maybe optimistic, I and think we'll see what really happens.
0: Very optimistic, right? I mean, listen, you know, you, I've talked about this on this show before. Um, I think that when you look at like, and I, neither one of us are stock market guys, right? We're not equity market players, but you look at like the Dow Jones and Dust. I've been watching it sort of out of like watching a, you know, like driving by a, a, a wreckage or something <laughs> like that, you know, just trying to understand what's going on there. And I still can't believe it's it's still hanging in there because what you and me see as business people is like okay you've had to probably furlough a bunch of people and you've you you understand what's happening to businesses around you and you've got people who've got notes that um you know they're not able to pay on you understand the extent of this and to the idea that that we're just going to slingshot back into uh, you know a booming economy is just absolutely dumbfounding to me. And, um, but I, I think that's what people are thinking. So, okay. So let's, let's say
1: hoping people are hoping that
0: I think they are. And and I think they're just not getting the reality of what's going, what's going on. I've described this as an earthquake and we haven't even seen the tsunami, which really causes Hmm. the substantial, uh, economic uh, fallout. But, if we're um, so, let's talk about that fund because you know obviously we have a lot of investors in there and they're getting lots of questions. So, what are you going to do uh, to you know at least in the next few months? I mean, presumably, you know uh, these these stay-at-home orders et cetera are going to soften in the summer and you know you'll see people getting back to work. But during that period of time, how is that affecting the fund? What are you doing to mitigate the damage? Uh, what, what should people be uh, looking at during that time?
1: Sure. So bear in mind, we're servicers. So we, we have, you know, in our current fund, there's two, uh, two primary sources of revenue. One is servicing mortgages. We service mortgages that we own. We also service mortgages for dozens of third parties that service with us and, and we earn fees on that. So regardless of the performance of those mortgages, we're earning fees. And then the other part is we buy mortgages and earn revenue from there. The servicing side of our business is uh, has seen a surge of interest from larger funds over the last 30 days. And there's a couple reasons. One is people are, funds are anticipating a uh, deluge of non-performing loans. And so they are setting themselves up. In fact, there's new funds, uh, capital providers that had uh, had different strategies. Let's say they were funding fix and flips. Now they're Re, saying that's no longer uh, a viable opportunity for them. Now they're moving to non-performing loans and I shouldn't say viable, but preferred and they're moving to non-performing mortgages and that's where they see the, the scale. Uh, and so I see the, so we've, we're under contract right now with three major funds. Uh, we're in the contract stage with three major funds and we have four others that we're uh, discussing. We haven't yet got, got to the point of doing contracts but our goal is to sign up 20 funds by the end of June. And the reason this is happening now is we've moved uh, as a Monday we will be on black Knight technology, which black Knight is used by the biggest mortgage servicers in our country. And uh, we, we went with a more modest size system up until now. We've over the last seven, eight months, we've been working on this transition and it was supposed to go live a couple of days ago. And actually the way it's working out, it's going to go live this upcoming Monday. That, makes us attractive to larger, uh, sure. larger clients. And then the other part is waiting on getting these, all these servicing licenses. And we did get California, which is a big, big step forward. I need New York. And then I can we can service everywhere. So we become an attractive, uh, option for funds. And that will generate, uh, I think that will generate a lot of revenue regardless of, uh, you know, our investments, which we think, uh, that the, Exposure we have currently to the market is the loans that we purchase. In all likelihood, there's been a drop in value over the last uh, thirty days. However, and I should there's there's been a drop in value in the homes that secure those mortgages. Uh, But bear in mind that the vast majority of the mortgages that we purchase and continue to purchase are secured by homes in low to moderate income neighborhoods with values of call it fifty thousand dollars. So if you have a, it's usually forty to fifty thousand. So you have a, a mortgage secured a mortgage of a hundred thousand secured by a home worth 50 and we paid 20 or 25 for it. The chances are that that home may go down 10%, 20%. It still goes from 50 to 45 or 40. It's still well above what we paid for the mortgage and still uh, and still in this uh, range of homes where they didn't have the mass appreciation you know, in contrast to high value homes, let's say you're in California. So, California has a significant appreciation over the last 10 years and in all likelihood, those homes that appreciated, they're now going to give some of that back uh, as they depreciate over that as a result of this crisis. It's, it's just inevitable. The more, you know, the more they rise, the more they fall. And these lower value homes uh, rose very li- on, a, on a very limited basis. Uh, and I think they'll, they'll drop over a very limited basis. And the reality is many of those homeowners, uh, you know, the mortgage payment is $400, $500, $600 mm-hmm. uh, payments that are, equal or less than rent. So, you know, the, the question becomes, Hey, my home went from 50 to 40. Right. Does that even matter when I'm paying $500 a month and that's cheaper than rent? And, and it, so I don't think the values are going to have as much of an impact as, you know, obviously their ability well, to pay. The
0: goal of the, the fund is cash flow, anyway. Right. I mean, it's really Absolutely. not, it's not, it, it sort of doesn't matter what the value of the assets are in, in some regards. Um, but, but that being said, you've got um a couple months here where i mean gosh again you may not be collecting very much at all and it sounds like you know you've got the infrastructure to um you know to handle that as a company so that's not really too much of a concern but uh from an investor standpoint some of the some of the you know real benefits or so the attractiveness has been related to you know the regularity of of the dividends that are paid every month uh, also um, liquidity. Um, I mean, I would think, and I have no idea, that uh, that it might be harder for you to to offer the liquidity, and maybe you may want to kind of back up and explain you know, what those benefits I'm talking about are and how those may be affected uh, in the, I guess, near term, right, in the next three months or so. Sure. So liquidity uh, feature is actually something that
1: Buck started with us years ago. And uh, you came up with a a situation where you said, Hey, I just sold an investment property. I have a bunch of money in the bank. I want to invest it with you because it's not earning hardly anything in the bank. But if I find a great deal, I'm going to need a bag. And uh, so that was, so we agreed to do that on a one-off basis for you. But then all the future funds after that, we said, Hey, we'll offer this to everybody. And so how it works is that when you invest in AHP, you can re- request a redemption at any time and whether it's you know, after a month, after a year, after three years, you can request a redemption and we will undertake our best efforts to redeem the funds, uh, within 30 days. And it to the, and sometimes people have called us and said, Hey, I need the money for a closing in five days. And historically we've been able to accommodate those in most cases. Uh, but if our documents provide that in the case we're unable to, uh, redeem within 30 days. Then we simply just redeem in the order that they were received. So if a distribution was received on, you know, 10 days ago, that's going to be paid before one that was received today. Mm -hmm. And in March we had more redemption requests than we have had in our history by far. And people were calling in saying, I need to make payroll. I'm a small business owner and my, my business shut down. And all these different things. I have margin calls, you know, when the stock market was crashing yeah. uh, in mid March, all those things hit at once. And we had more, again, more redemption requests than ever. So we are over 30 days right now. We are uh, redeeming in the order received and the redemption requests we have outstanding right now, we're, we're expecting that we'll have them all uh, redeemed by the end of May. It doesn't and then the, barring another extraordinary circumstance. We have had, uh, and there are redemption requests that are being processed this week. And I think they'll be processed every week uh, until, we, um, until we're until we caught up. And uh, so I think uh, it will take longer than expected. I think right now we're thinking 60 days on average for if someone re- were to request it right now, we'd suggest it's be more like 60 than 30. But we are still processing those. And uh, that will be, you know, we'll continue to do that. And, and the anticipation at some point, it gets back to uh, 30 days. I mean, let, let me step back back, it, it's not just homeowners unable to pay their money, but i uh, unable to make pay their monthly payments. That's certainly going to be, um, a contributing factor, but also we sell REOs every month. We're selling REOs. Uh, you know, we've ended up homeowners giving us a deed in lieu or we foreclosed on a property and we are, you know, in some cases right now, we're trying to sell the REO. We have a buyer that's ready to buy it and the county recorder is closed. Uh, and we yeah, can't record the deed. Crazy. And that's, yeah. uh, so that's just delaying that. Uh, we also have homes that are most States we can still foreclose on a vacant home. So we're going to foreclosure on vacant homes, but if they're occupied and they haven't paid in three years and maybe even the homeowners deceased, but there's some relative that's still living there. We can't complete that foreclosure today, uh, in, in some States and we're having, so there's going to be a delay in things that we were expecting to generate uh revenue. We may we'll probably still do it. It's just on a delayed basis. So that is an impact and you know the longer this goes the the more of an impact it could have uh again though i'm 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 i think overall we're bullish uh, on the future of hp and i think in particular the fee income you know should offset all of the uh it should offset this to some degree and and help uh, help us get through it in a um uh strongly
0: the the uh, mo- the it's basically a ten th- 10% annualized um return you get monthly checks or you can reinvest. Um, Do you see any, are you concerned at all about not being able to, or not wanting to, I mean, listen again, uh, you know, in, in our multifamily strategies, uh, we remarkably in April across our portfolio are projecting that we're not going to be a whole lot different than we were in March, which is remarkable. Right. But um, even that being said, may, we'll probably be uh, harder on us um and i think the idea for us is that distributions at this point don't make any sense because it you know we could you know stay as capitalized as you can do you are you looking at it that way at all or do you expect that those um uh, you know that you're you're going to continue to make uh dividend payments over the next couple months here
1: we're optimistic that well the way things stand now we we'd expect that we continue to make distributions and we realize there's all kinds of investment opportunities that are not, you know, some crowdfunding platforms have suspended redemptions, suspended distributions. And, uh, we understand that. Uh, we also look at what they're invested in. Many of them invested in fix and flip loans, which they've had a, a surge of defaults. In fact, we're talking to some, um, funds to about bringing those defaulted fix and flip loans to us to service, uh, and, uh, also commercial property or hospitality. You know, some of these funds that were buying in, uh, buying strip malls or, or, office buildings or hotels. I mean, that's, those have just been, um, much, there's much greater investment, um, in single assets that probably had a history of performing great. And now they're just get, all, those office tenants are asking for abatements because they're not even using the office. Most of them are working from home. So I see massive, uh, I see challenges all around, but I think, uh, in, in many regards we're in, uh, in better shape than, than, than most
0: what's um, what i always think uh when situations like these you know it's like you uh you kind of get to see who uh, as time passes by we'll start to see who's swimming naked right um in in terms of uh, their abilities and and their you know what what they're really doing and I, and i I've, I've always uh, been really impressed with your acumen um you know as an entrepreneur and as a business guy so i i i look at this and i'm and i'm sure you have besides, you know, playing defense uh, and thinking to yourself, well, gosh, um, I mean, what kind of opportunities are we going to have here? Uh, and when, what, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, this is absolutely, uh, we're playing offense. I mean, there's, there's a little bit
1: of defense, but it's offense. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I always seem to play. The, yeah. uh, but think about this, for the last three years, we kept building the service or thinking we're building this in anticipation because we want to be prepared for the next downturn. Now that downturn is here. And so now we need to execute and get this other servicing business, uh, purchase loans, but I don't see that. I don't think people are just missing their April payments in most cases, and it's, for, it's on a forbearance plan. There'll probably be forbearance covering May, maybe even June and July. People are getting two to four months forbearances in most servicers. What's going to happen, though, is in six months, then you'll start, okay, the, they were on forbearance, forbearance expired, and they're, now they're not able to pay. And those will be the default mortgages. And that crush, I anticipate it won't happen till the fourth quarter of this year. Yeah. You'll start seeing just a massive supply of, of, uh, of defaulted loans. And I mean, you can look at it a couple ways of opportunity to buy loans at big discounts and also opportunities to help families. And in our case, it would be to do both. Uh, but I don't, that's not happening today. I mean, there's been, uh, we're closing a trade next week that actually we've been working on since January and the price will be, is going to be significantly adjusted because of what happened and the seller understands that. So we still will have trades uh, that continue on during that period, but the massive supply and this kind of anticipated deluge, you know, I, I don't think we're going to see that till late this year. Uh,
0: that, I mean, that, that's kind of, it's interesting that you said that George, cause, um, I will uh I'll just point out that George and I have not discussed uh, our outlooks on this but I have been pounding the Q4 uh, table myself. I mean, I think that's when the tsunami hits, right? That's when the the safety nets go away and um presumably and Q4, Q1 of next year, I think that's when you really start seeing distressed asset sales. And so what what we're bottom line is is that um what you're looking at now is the damage, and you know you are, as many uh, as, as Warren Buffett said, you're being greedy when others are scared, right? And that's the idea. Um, I'm curious, George, in terms of understanding the, uh, you know, the outcome. What happens in Q4? What happens in in Q1 of next year? Um, how do you think it's going to look different when it compares to say? What happened in 2008 when, I mean, you started AHP, uh, American Homeowner Preservation at that, uh, you know, shortly after that. How do you think it's going to look different and why? I think it will be. Uh,
1: so let me not say that it's just my opinion. Uh, we looked at some statistics. Uh, the statistics state that, um, and this is about from a month ago, there are projections of, of how, it was, a, it was an analysis of how unemployment uh, translates to mortgage delinquencies. And, you know, I think our treasury secretary anticipated 20% unemployment and what that would do. Uh, the federal reserve bank of St. The branch in St. Louis, they put out something saying, Hey, we expect this to get to 30% unemployment. So the analysis, so that if we got to, if we hit 30% unemployment, it would be roughly 10 million homeowners who are defaulted on their mortgages. And that would be greater than, 2008 then the great recession. So I think we'll probably, we're going to see a situation that's uh, worse than, uh, than 2008, which people for years, people are saying, Hey, there'll probably be some adjustment. You know, we, we all we're all, talking about this. This is a long, uh, hot market that's been going on for a uh, market that's been going on for, for a long time. At some point there's going to be a downturn and people are saying, Oh, there'll be a mild adjustment. There'll never be something like 2008 again. And here it is. We're actually the, uh, we're at 18% unemployment as of last Thursday, new numbers come out tomorrow, which will probably put it over 20%. I mean, we're on track to hit that 30% and 30% will result in a situation in our economy that's worse than, uh, than 2008. And even more, uh, extraordinary is it's happened so fast. Uh, 2008 was drawn out over, over an extended period of time. This has happened in just an accelerated, a- extraordinary fashion, which, I think the impact is, you know, is so unknown. And back then, you know, business was still a lot of people, a lot of bi- people and a lot of businesses were impacted, but it was slow motion compared to today. And we were, everything was pretty much still open. Uh, here. all these businesses are closed. Some are going to reopen, some are never going to reopen and some are going to reopen and then, and then not be able to keep going. So it's going to be, I think it's really unpredictable right now. And I think you have to look at, you know, take a conservative view, which is going to be, things are going to be pretty bad for a while.
0: Yeah, I, I I tend to agree with that. And again, you know, uh, and and I, they say eighteen percent unemployment right now. Who knows where they're getting that number? I mean, nobody. I mean, that, people. Have, that's
1: actual claims. That's actual claims. That's so actual. People can't even claim. Some people. Some people can't even file. The they can't even get through. Right. Yeah, I mean, you that's watch. True.
0: You know, these. I mean, I was watching sixty minutes, and there was like showing somebody trying to call in New York, and they, you know, been trying to file for unemployment for a week, and and they they can't even get through i mean when you think about the real numbers right now everybody's sitting at home you know almost everybody's sitting at home and uh effectively they're all sort of unemployed i mean maybe they're getting carried uh for a while because of the you know the the bailout money that's coming but as you've said and i think the the um the real effects of this um you know what is it? Fifty percent of uh, of our country is is employed by small business, like real small business, right? And um, they're the ones who really struggled getting this money. Uh, and this, what does this money do anyway? I mean, it it's just covering payroll for you know a couple months, and it 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 doesn't take into account at all all of the you know costs that are going to take to sort of restart up. Uh, and then, you know, the all, all other thing is that people aren't going to go back to spending right away. Um, so I, I think that I, I agree with you and, and, um, you know, I hope, I hope I'm wrong, but I, I think that this is a, a messy situation and, you know, I mean, I, I think 20%, uh, unemployment, uh, in the fall is not at all unlikely. Um, anyway, uh, what to, uh, let me ask you this. With a potential feeding frenzy of positive opportunities, Uh, and you being a guy who's been around the block a few times now, um, and you've taken, you know, taken a licking and kept on kicking. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, and that makes me trust you more, right? Because you're not a guy who's just kind of, you know, had nothing but good. But um, when you see this potential opportunity, uh, uh, opportunities coming up, in say August or uh, or not August, but, uh, you know, in the fall or or, or winter or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. and you see people getting super excited. What what do you tell people when uh, they say, OK, well, you've been through this before. What should I be careful of, you know, when I start doing this? When I start buying mm-hmm. stuff up, when I start thinking about taking advantage of all of this, uh, you know, all these discounts?
1: Sure. I. Uh- So I think one thing it's easy to say, Hey, today I'm paying 80 and two months ago it was a hundred. So I'm getting a good deal. And it would have been two months ago if you paid 80 for it. But today you really, I think people need to use like prior trading prices or prior sales prices as a reference, but not take comfort in that because 102 months ago, 80 today, there's no reason it's not 60 in a, in a, in a couple of months and 40 at the end of the year. And I'm not, and I'm using just yeah. general numbers, not saying that's what it's going to be. But I mean, look at oil, for instance, uh, there's a, uh, there's massive changes going on. So I would think the risk is buying too early or paying too much, even though you're saying, Hey, it's a great discount over what people have yep. paid in the past. So I would, I think patience will pay off here and doesn't mean to, you will there'll, there'll be opportunities along the way, but I think there'll be modest sized little opportunities along the way, which we'll take advantage of. But the large scale, uh, transfer of wealth. This is when wealth gets transferred in this country and there'll be some big winners and some big losers. Uh, but well, that, that's going to happen late this year and to be, um, you know, make the right, to make the right bets. And now the ones you're going to win here's where the lack of predictability is what is in the, uh, is helpful in this case, because when a market is fluid and predictable, then it's very easy for capital to come in and, and, and things to, to everything to be normal. People get scared. I mean, people obviously are very fearful and like you you quoted Warren Buffett, but people are fearful today and they'll be fearful in six months. So pe- people have money ready to pounce, but they're not sure. This looks like a good deal, but really is it a good deal? And this is the best deal I can get and not say you have to optimize every single deal, but you want to be, um, you definitely want to, uh, be very comfortable that you're getting the absolute, um, best deal because there will be more coming and, and, and me and others, and I'm better at this today, but you always think, Hey, this is the best deal. I got to take care of it today. Not thinking, not recognizing that, Hey, there'll be another opportunity next month, another one, the month after, and probably a whole bunch of them. Uh, so you can't get caught up in having to do this deal and not being ready to walk away. If you can't meet the, uh, the price that makes sense to you, not the
0: seller. Uh, so the old saying, I guess, goes, uh, you know, don't don't ever try to catch a falling knife. Right. I mean, that's yeah, exactly. It's, it may have a long way to go. So tell us, um, you know, let's uh, let tell us a little bit just as a reminder. If people are interested. I think you're in a, a you know, a, a potentially really good position to capitalize on this. There really is nobody better at this, in my opinion, uh, than you. Uh, tell us if you want to get involved. If if somebody wants to get involved with AHB funding, uh, tell us the the dirty details. You don't have to be an accredited investor. You can invest as little as a you know a hundred dollars. What else?
1: Yeah, those are the key things. Anyone can invest. Accredited and non-accredited investors. Minimum investment a hundred dollars. So very easy uh, to uh, invest as as little or as much as you want. You know, we can take uh, hundred dollars hundred thousand, a million, multiple millions, whatever you're comfortable with, uh, we are, uh, we can accommodate, uh, the, the investments for a total of five years. It's five years from when you make your investment. It's, uh, our expectation is to return it, uh, at the end of five years, uh, could be earlier. And, uh, so as money, as we use that money to build a servicer to buy loans, you know, we'll continue to reinvest it until, um, until the five years or you request it back early. Uh, the it's, we are, uh, we had to file all of our documents with the SEC there. You can go to our website or to the SEC's Edgar website to learn more about our offering. Our website is AHPServicing.com. So you can go there, you can invest. It just takes a few minutes. We've made it a very streamlined, easy process. Uh, and you can, um, so what else am I missing? The liquidity, we talked about that, but certainly, you know, the goal is to be able to redeem it. Uh, Undertake our best efforts to redeem within 30 days with the current situation. That may take longer. Uh so be aware of that. Uh
0: returns ten
1: percent, right? Returns ten percent. If you do redeem early, if you redeem in the first uh in the first uh year that redeem that uh return goes from ten to eight and the second year goes from ten to nine.
0: Got it. So great opportunity uh to you know to see what happens here in the note uh in the in the note business uh, over the next, uh, several months. And George will probably have you, I mean, we'd love to have you on probably in six months and, and, and come back to some of these issues and see how they're progressing.
1: Yeah. See, see if things have gotten as bad or as, uh, if, if they've done as bad as we're talking about, or maybe they've yeah. hopefully they've done better for the countrywide. It, it's it hopefully it's not as impactful as it seemed like it may be right now.
0: Got it. And, and again, how do you, how do you, uh, if you want to invest or you at least want to think about it, what's the website? Ahpservicing.com. Ahpservicing.com. George, thanks so much for uh, being on Wealth Formula Podcast again. All right. I appreciate it, Buck. Be right back. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Hope you enjoy that. It's always fun to talk to George. Again, one of the smartest guys I know, phenomenal entrepreneur, and a guy I you know I trust, uh, I trust in this business, which is not an easy business, the note market. Um, so definitely go and check out his, um, you know, check out his, check out his fund. If it makes sense, uh, you don't have to be accredited. You can invest small amounts of money. I know some people have even had, you know, their children kind of dip their toes into the uh, alternative asset space by doing that, which is kind of, you know, kind of easy to do if you only have to spend a hundred bucks. Anyway, um, before we go, I just want to remind you a couple things first, uh, you know, go to wealthformula.com. And if you're an accredited investor, make sure you sign up for Investor Club. Because, you know, Q4, Q1, like we discussed on this show, I think we're going to have a lot of opportunities. And you are going to want to uh, definitely, you know, have yourself onboarded if you're an accredited investor with our investor group by then. And, um, you know, have an opportunity to potentially, um, you know, get involved with some of the best opportunities we may see uh, in, you know, in a decade at least. Also. If you are sitting at home and you want to get involved with something else, I mean, I, I really encourage you to consider uh, joining our Wealth Formula Network. Um, it starts out with a course, and you see a lot of familiar names here. You'll see Tom Wheelwright, uh, Ken McElroy, uh, of, um, Kiyosaki's real estate advisor and tax advisors. Uh, you'll see um, you know, uh, a bunch of individuals talking about real estate and asset protection and All of these things that make up the fundamentals of personal finance, at least in our, you know, alternative view of the world. And you can do that all by checking out the course at wealthformularoadmap.com. Now, that course is really just the beginning because what people have found uh, in terms of value has been, well, the course is great and it gives you sort of a way to, uh, you know, have a basic knowledge of everything that's being talked about. But the interactions within the Wealth Formula Network community vis-a-vis our Facebook group and then our bi weekly Zoom video calls is a great way to you know, get some additional benefit and try to learn as quickly as possible if you're starting to get the itch in this alternative investing space. So anyway, check it out. Once again, it's at WealthFormulaRoadmap.com. That's it for me this week on Wealth Formula Podcast. This is Buck Joffrey signing off.